Everybody, we are back with another FPM podcast. This is episode 16, and we like to change it up just for a moment because uh, we've done 15 episodes so far. We've talked about a lot of things, both on the water and off the water, equipment related and otherwise. And we kind of just want to recap, or I wanted to recap a couple of the things that we talked about with the technical stuff on the water. This isn't to take away from a lot of what FPM focuses on, which is the off water and uh, gym training. Obviously, Jenny will be on here at some point in the future to dive into a little bit more of that kind of thing. So if you can, leave a comment below after you subscribe and leave comments about what you want us to talk about with the off-water training. We obviously have the whole FPM program and there's a lot more content there than we could ever cover here on the podcast, but Jenny would love to cover any questions that you might have about off-water training as it relates to becoming a better water skier. But as it relates to on-water, I wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the stuff we've talked about so far in our 15 episodes. Um, the first being stance, athletic stance, stack, uh, body position, whatever, however you want to think about this. This is something that gets talked about a lot and for good reason. This is the base of our FPM pyramid. Without stance, you can't make the right movements at the right times. You can maybe, but it loads the system in bad ways, specifically your body. And that leads to, take it from me, that leads to bad things down the road. So when we talk about performance, the one thing you can do, the biggest thing, whether you're a pro right now listening or you're a beginner skier, is work on your stance. And that doesn't mean only focus on stance at the expense of everything else. What that means is within the context of still being a skier and still working through that zone where you start to make mistakes, trying to focus on ways or keys or concepts that can help you improve your stance on the ski. Because if you don't have stance, you can't transmit power from the boat into movement on the water. So I recommend if you're serious about improving your skiing to start with stance. There's some dry land drills that you can do. There's things that we talk about. If you go back on our YouTube channel, you can probably find a couple of those things, those drills, but there are dry land drills that can help you if you're really stuck and you're not quite sure what this feels like. It's very important first, in my opinion, to develop the feel. In other words, what is this going to, to feel like when I'm on the water? And you can't just simply do a lean drill away from a rope that, that's kind of that standard pre-ski warm-up. If you just lean away from the, the handle or the, the pole and kind of stand in a static position, um, that doesn't really get to the point. There are dynamic uh, movements that are required to stay in the same spot on your ski when you get on the water. So as a beginner skier, intermediate, even advanced, it's important to, to do some dry land work so that you can, before you get on the water, you can develop a sensation or an awareness of what you're looking for once you get on the water. That'll, that'll help as kind of a hack to get over the hump of the buoys are coming at me, the boat's pulling on me, I don't really know how to think my way to a new position, which you're probably right. It's much harder to think yourself to a new position than it is to actually go out and just feel and let it happen. So dry land drills are a great place to start, but then once you move onto the water and you wanna to try to take yourself out of the course, you can free ski. Free skiing is a great way, we've talked about it many times, a great way to give yourself permission to and, and uh, reduce the anxiety to make it more possible to feel a new position when you're on your ski. 
and this is behind the boat. This is when you're pulling out to the left, out, out away from the wakes, and this is when you're accelerating towards the wakes, and it's when you're in your pre-turn in moving into that next turn. Stance is critical, and I think it's one of the most underrated things because people talk about it. Oh yeah, stance, okay, we can move on to the next thing. What, what do I really need to work on? Palm up, shoulders closed, uh, down arm pressure. Well, really, stance is what gets you past all those little band-aid moves that a lot of people usually focus on. And what that means is it's a keystone fundamental. So if you fix your stance on the ski, a lot of other things, problems go away. So instead of focusing on problems that would go away by fixing stance, just focus on fixing stance first. And a lot of the other stuff will take care of itself. The goal with improved stance is really to feel more power and more speed for a given amount of load on your body. In other words, you're getting more for less work and that's efficiency. We, we use that term kind of at random, um, but really what that means is you can generate more power with less physical work on your body. Now, the reason that stance is important is, is probably my second pet peeve, which is this idea of dynamic movement. And what does dynamic movement mean? Well, in water skiing, we often get this, um, this thought that uh, we can just hold a pose, almost like in yoga. We can hold a position, we can round the buoy, we can get our hand back on the handle, and we can just hold a position and hold angle all the way to the wakes. The problem with that is water skiing is dynamic. And that means that your body in relation to the boat is always changing. You're swinging around behind the boat, left and right, every single turn, you're changing your relationship to the boat. You're also changing your relationship to the ski and your relationship of your ski to the rope. And so what that means is there's a lot going on. Now you don't have to be a physicist or a mathematician to figure out how to become a better skier, but you do have to understand that there's a lot happening and the best way to try to stay in the sweet spot on your ski, in other words, use your stance to stay in a place where you can receive energy from the boat and turn that into drive, speed, acceleration, and therefore angle is to be thinking in terms of dynamic movement. Because if you're not, if you're thinking about posing and holding and keeping everything rigid, you end up behind the eight ball, literally behind the rhythm and out of sync with the boat. And the most important thing is to use the boat to your advantage. So when we talk about dynamic movement, what we're really talking about is the relationship of basically the rope to your feet. And there's been other ways to say this. A lot of, uh, a lot of people talk about trying to get your body perpendicular to the ski, right? Here's your ski, here's your body. Okay, tip up, don't let your body fall back on the ski, keep your body perpendicular to that ski. The problem is nobody has a square in their back pocket when they're skiing. Nobody looks down while they're skiing and says, oh, am I, Am I perpendicular to the ski? Okay, yes, no, maybe, I don't know. Another way, a better way in my opinion, in certain instances to understand whether or not your body is in the right place relative to your feet and therefore your ski is to take note of where your feet are or where your ski is as you round the buoy and you start to load away from the boat on the acceleration phase. If your feet are between you and the boat, you're, you're behind the ski, all right? You're not perpendicular to the ski. In other words, if you're in the boat 
and the rope's here, and my feet are in front of me, and the ski is, is therefore in front of me after I round the buoy and I start to accelerate towards the wakes, that means I'm back on the ski, and that means I'm inefficient. If instead, here's the rope, and my ski is here, and I'm accelerating towards the wake with my ski or my feet slightly behind the rope as I move towards the wakes, that's your guide to know that you're doing it right. You're doing something right. You don't wanna overdo this. You don't wanna think, keep your feet behind the rope all the way to the first wake. This is a progressive, dynamically changing thing. We talk about dynamic movement in skiing. Well, your ski is gonna be dynamically changing its position relative to the rope. But when you first round the buoy and you start to accept load from the boat, your whole goal should be to keep your feet behind the rope, behind that line of action. Okay, I'm talking specifically about when the load starts to come on, when the boat starts to feel you or when the boat starts to pull on you. I'm not talking about the finish of the turn. There's a difference here, right? A lot of people think get the ski through and that helps them get the ski turned or get the, the turn completed, get that carve completed. That's a different thing. I'm talking about once you have two hands on the handle and once the boat starts to load you, before you really fall away from the boat, you need to get your feet behind the rope. If you don't do that, you're going to be leaving a bunch of potential on the table. That means you're gonna be less of a skier than you could be. It's as simple as that. Dynamic movement, allowing your feet to be behind the rope and dynamically moving towards the wake with your body to keep your feet behind the rope as it wants to catch up all the way to center line. At center line, right behind the boat, yes. The feet should be right between you and the boat, generally speaking. But before that point, leading up to that first wake, you should be keeping that feet, those feet behind the rope and that'll help you create efficient acceleration to center line. Why did we just talk about the relationship of your feet to the rope? Well, really because it's all about speed. It's the need for speed, all right? And in skiing, it's no different. You really absolutely must be able to translate that pull from the boat into cross-course speed. Because if you can generate speed, you can ultimately ski into angle. All right, this is a chicken or the egg. There's no right answer. A lot of people like to think about trying to get angle. The problem I have with, with thinking about getting an angle out of the buoy and kind of holding that angle all the way to the wakes is usually, generally speaking, if we think in terms of angle, we kind of think about setting the ski on a direction across course and then just kind of holding on to that. And usually what happens is our feet get in front of us and they stay in front of us all the way to the wakes. And that actually the ski is pointing across course, but you're getting pulled down course. You're literally skidding, side sliding down course in that example. So a better way to think about it, in my opinion, from years of coaching is to actually focus on this idea of trying to ski into angle. In other words, First, focus on acceleration and speed. Building speed from two hands on the handle, the finish of the turn, all the way to that first wake. Focusing on building speed gives you the freedom to focus on your position and dynamically moving. We just talked about dynamic movement. We just talked about your relationship of your feet to the rope. If your feet are back here, your ski will drive you towards the wakes. If your ski is between you and the boat, your ski will constantly be trying to ski into angle and getting you on the back of the ski and just sliding down course and creating a lot of rope load for not a lot of drive to center line. So 
Speed is the ultimate goal. If you can get to the wakes quicker with less load on the rope, you'll end up skiing to a higher point sooner into that next ball. And that's the whole goal. Ultimately, what that means is if you can round the buoy, two hands on the handle, prioritize position first. In other words, stance on the ski, instead of prioritizing lean away from the boat, you focus on stance first. After you round that buoy, find that stance, prioritize position, the rope load comes, your feet are slightly behind the rope, and you get instant effortless drive towards center line. And the sooner you can cross center line, the more angle you will have skied into. I know it sounds weird and it sounds a little backwards, but if you prioritize body position and dynamic movement to the wakes, you end up generating acceleration and you end up skiing into more angle than you would otherwise. That is the ultimate mark of an advanced skier. The more you can accelerate, the, the better, more efficient you can accelerate and the quicker you, you can recover on the backside of a bad turn or if you get broken forward and you can reposition yourself and recover position first without load hitting you, then you can use the load to get direction towards center line. And that's the ultimate goal is direction, which comes from acceleration and speed. So that's the importance of speed as it relates to slalom skiing and how speed ultimately, if you think about it, speed gets you angle at center line. One of the things that came up in a previous podcast was this idea of, you know, off season training and strength and technique and mobility. And can you overdo any one of those things? And I'd say the answer is yes. You can definitely be too hypermobile. Jenny would know more, but from my own experience, um, I'm on the opposite of the spectrum. I am not mobile enough, but you can be uh, hypermobile and that can be a bad thing because then you don't have stability in joints through ranges of motion. Uh, you can be potentially too strong, although I don't know. I would say you could be um, more than that. You could be too heavy. You could be too massive, right? We know water is the same density. As the weight goes up, the ability of water, even if you scale up your ski to a bigger ski, as your mass, your body mass goes up, it's harder for your ski to accelerate your body through the wakes. It's harder for your ski to change directions at the backside of the buoy and there's a law of diminishing returns at some point where you can be too massive. So strength to weight ratio is, is really what we're looking for and also power, but we're going to get to that in a second. Um, but power is really what we're looking for. And then obviously technique people I think can overdo the technique part. And I'm guilty of that. Um, probably feeding that with all this information that I have been trying to put out over the last couple uh, decades. I think it's really important for people to understand how skiing works, but not everybody wants to understand all the little nuances. So if that's you, it's not so much about uh, understanding or, or getting too much in your head. It's about finding the things that resonate. All right. Uh, some of the basics about skiing that you hear myself or other people talk about as it relates to technique and then just hanging on to those and forgetting about the rest, because really what you don't want to do is you don't want to get too much in your head. There's two brains, two, two approaches, two parts of your, of your uh, mental state that you need to work on. One is kind of the con conceptual, off the water, the theory part of it. Can you understand skiing better? And will that translate to better skiing on the water? Yes, the answer is yes, it's always yes. However, the answer is only always gonna be yes if you have that other side of your brain where when you show up to the lake, 
you don't have alphabet soup in your brain. You don't have all these different things that other people have told you or that you've been wanting to work on and you're just rolling them around nonstop in your head. You've got to keep it simple when you show up to the lake. That's the main thing. Yes, you got to have the conceptual side of it. You've got to be working on, in my opinion, honing your understanding of skiing. And that's, that's great. That means something different to everybody. But when you show up to the lake, you have to let most of that go. And you have to have kind of one key, maybe two keys that you're trying to execute that day or that week. And if you don't hit them, no big deal. That's, that's, that's not the end of the world, but you don't want to overdo it. And so that's how technique can be overdone is if you get too much in your head and too down the theory rabbit hole, or if you show up to the lake and you try to bring five things to your set that day. Water skiing is an art. It's not a science. This is an art. And for it to be artistic and for you to reach your potential, you have to find that balance between knowledge, understanding, and allowing your own self to be expressed on the water. And that means trusting your instincts. That means have one key that maybe you heard from Rob Hazelwood or one key that you heard on a podcast from us four years ago, uh, talking to Will Asher and just carry that with you, but don't carry it in the front of your mind, have in the back of your mind, go out there and don't forget to be a skier. So what's more important, technique, strength, power, or mobility? I would say they're all very important. Ultimately, it's about finding the balance. Yes, technique matters. Yes, strength and power matter. Yes, mobility matters. If you want us to get into more of this in future podcasts, hit us up in the comments below because I know Jenny would love to dig into this, these topics. But simply speaking, if we focus too much on technique and we're beating our head against the wall, for, for instance, the first thing we talked about today, stance. If we have been trying to work on our stance for five years or five months or 15 years, and we just feel like we've never been able to actually make big change in that, in that category, maybe it's our mobility. Maybe our body can't actually get in that shape. And we've seen that time and time again, where skiers have been beating them, their heads against the wall, come to find out they didn't have the ankle mobility to get their shin at the right angle, to get their knee in the right position over their front toe, to then allow their, their hips to be over their knees and then their shoulders to be over their hips. So it's crazy, but oftentimes it could be shoulder mobility, it could be T-spine mobility, it could be ankle mobility. These things matter and they could be, and they often are, and they may be for you, the limiting factor in what's keeping you from moving into that next stage of your skiing. And now's the time. This preseason, early season time is a perfect opportunity to start working, identifying and working on some of your weaknesses. If you have a question about what we're talking about, hit us up in the comments below, subscribe for sure, and let us know what your question is and we'll try to get back to you because everybody's body's different. Everybody has different tight spots, different weaknesses, so to speak. And the same goes for strength and power. If you have questions about gym training as it relates to skiing, uh, we'd like to get into that. But I do wanna move on before I get too long-winded here to this idea of power generation. A lot of people talk about strength. We talked about it a second ago. Um, strength is kind of a focal point. Now think about this though. Strength, imagine this, you're picking up a heavy weight, right? It's, if you're picking up a heavy weight, 
and it's something that nobody thinks you can pick up. Nobody, if you pick that weight up, is going to say, yeah, but it took you too long. It's not about that, right? When you're talking about strength, you're talking about can, can you or can't you do the thing, okay? But if we're going to talk about power, power is different. Power is, okay, you're strong enough to pick that thing up, but how quickly can you move that load through a distance? And then how many times can you move that load through a distance quickly? Power is basically strength divided by time, for lack of a better term. So power is really moving a force through a distance divided by time. And when we talk about skiing, we're not really talking about strength. We're talking about power generation. And even though you're not moving your legs like you would be on a bicycle cycling, or you're not um, you know, moving a heavy weight like you would be in uh, CrossFit movement, you're actually still creating power, generating power, because the way you position your body and the way you dynamically move your body and the way you can maintain or recover a position that can put you in a, in a place of receiving load from the boat and transmitting that into power, or in the direction rather, that's how you generate power. It's positional. And we say skiing's positional, I haven't said that today yet, but skiing is positional. What I mean by that is having that relationship of your ski behind the rope during the acceleration phase and having your body stacked in such a way and dynamically moving relative to your feet so that you can generate power. That's really what we're after. How much power can you generate in a given amount of time? And you can understand, you can already see that the better the skier, the more power they can generate from the time they get their hands on the handle until that first wake. That's literally what's happening if we break it down to the nuts and bolts. So technique, strength, power, mobility, they're all important, but I would say that power is probably one of the most important things or one of the most underutilized or under, you know, misunderstood things in skiing. So working on power generation can, in my opinion, significantly improve your performance on the water and your ability changing nothing else, not changing any technique, but improving your power off the water will definitely improve your performance and your, your overall outcomes and your consistency on the water. And the last thing I want to talk about today, uh, this idea we talked about in a previous podcast, uh, this 80-20 rule. Now this 80-20 rule, it's been used in all walks of life, all sectors, all disciplines. This idea of the 80-20 rule is really about trying to find a good target for how much you should be failing versus how much you should be succeeding. Because a lot of times skiers out there will start at a pass that's very near their limit. So for instance, you have a skier who can run three buoys at 28 off. Well, sometimes I'll, I'll see a skier like that starting at 22 off, or they'll start at 22 off 32 or 33 miles an hour. That's not bad, but often they will run right through 22 off on that first pass and their second or third pass will be 28 off where they'll never run the pass. I'm not saying that that's the wrong way to do it because here's what I mean when I say 80-20 rule. 80% of the time you should be succeeding, 20% of the time you should be failing. Why does this matter? This is a good ratio, um, scientifically speaking, for new skill acquisition. What we mean by that is if you're working on a new key, a new fundamental in skiing, you're working on a, a new technique, this is the best way, the best balance of success to fail ratio to help you hopefully work towards um, 
succeeding at that new skill or that new technique, right? But I don't mean running all six buoys as a success and if you run five buoys, that's a failure. What I mean is if you're working on a skill, for instance, you're trying to be more uh, open to the boat on your onside cut. You're coming out of four ball, you're a rifle forward skier, two four, you're trying to hook up with two hands and you're trying to find a position where your hips and your shoulders are more open to the boat and you're balancing out the load on your arms. We know that's a good thing, off topic. We know that's a good thing to have even load on your arms on the acceleration phase because anatomically speaking, especially on your onside cuts, it sets you up for the best way to dynamically move your mass over your feet or ahead of your feet during the acceleration phase into the wakes. So for instance, if you're trying to work on this key and you're trying to work on, you know, out of two, out of four, even arm load by opening up your core to the boat and letting your knees and your hips move forward and you feel it out of two, that's a success. If you feel something new, something different, if you feel a snap or an instant power feed into the system to where you get to the wakes quicker than you normally ever would for less effort, but you fall at three or you screw up four five and six, I don't care. That is a success. That can be chalked up in the 80% category because it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. If you can go out and you can find one or two good turns in a set, that to me could be considered a success. But more, more on topic, 80% of the time, you should be finding some success at some point in the past. Obviously, we wanna be able to develop rhythm, we wanna be uh, in time with the boat, and we wanna not have huge, huge mistakes that we need to recover from or that allow us to or make us miss the pass. But generally speaking, 80% of the time, using your best judgment, you should be looking for successes. And 20% of the time, you should be pushing it to where there was no success on that pass, not one bit. That is the right ratio, 80-20 rule. That's what we're talking about. Make sure that if you have questions, you leave comments below. This was just a recap of the first 15 FPM podcast. There's gonna be a lot more. Please subscribe, please share it with a friend. Please leave comments, let us know what you wanna hear more of. We want to make this valuable for you, for the avid skier, beginner, intermediate, advanced, pro, it doesn't matter. We're trying to pull back the curtain on how the sport works because it's so crazy. It's so complicated, we think. But really, if we just stop for a sec, take a deep breath, there's two things at least two things that just came to mind. There's way more than two things. One thing is it's about position, right? Stance, athletic stance on the ski. That's rule number one. If you haven't focused on that in a while, I recommend you going back because water skiing is positional. If you're in the right position on the ski, when the load comes, you're probably gonna get a better outcome than if you're in the wrong position on the ski. And the second thing to close this out, water skiing is an art. It's not a science, it's an art. Everybody's got a different body, a different brain, a different way to, to think, to learn, to act, to love the sport, a different thing that they, that they consider a success. So it's up to you. Don't make this so rigid. Don't make this so strict and don't be so hard on yourselves. Go out there, make sure that you're allowing your artistic nature to, to express itself on the water and don't be afraid to get outside the box and try something that's gonna make your ski buddy say, what are you doing cutting and coasting, Jim? That's a waste of good water and gas. Tell Jim, no, you're working on your stance. 
That's why you're free skiing six passes because you want to nail your stance so you can bring that stance and that new feeling back to the course and start shredding like you've never shredded before. I don't know why I use the word shred because it's outdated, but I did. I'm sorry. That's it. FPM Podcast. Hit us up. Let us know what you want us to talk about more and we'll see you next time.